today we're going to be talking about something very important. You know, we we spend more time talking about our life here on earth as believers, but sometimes we don't we don't really focus on where we are going to. We are on a flight, and the destination of that flight is heaven. That's why the apostle Paul says, "Run." as someone who is running with a goal to win, not someone running aimlessly. And so if we are going to go to heaven, we need to know what awaits us in heaven. And I want to say to you tonight that there are rewards that we are going to get when we get to heaven. There are people who are going to be rewarded and others will be without reward. Like I've often said, it's just like in, an, in a school, you have people that graduate and they are celebrated they are called on stage and acknowledged they are given scholarship they are given rewards and then others just graduate because they were in that class they just managed to make 2.1 gpa and then they, they qualify to graduate they are christians who are going to go to heaven like that they just enter because of the blood of jesus christ they did nothing for god that warrants any kind of reward but i want us to show us from scriptures today that there are going to be rewards in heaven and basically there are five rewards or five crowns that we will get when we get to heaven. And based on how you conduct yourself now and live your life right now, it's going to determine the kind of reward or crown that you get when you get to heaven. When I was uh, graduating from the Bible school, you had two kinds of uh, acknowledgement. You have the what they call the summa cum laude and magna cum laude. And then you have cum laude. So this was like excellent. I mean, very excellent. Or you call it excellent. Very, very excellent. Very good and good. Summa cum laude was like excellent. Then magna cum laude was like very good. Then cum laude was like good. So they, they will give you, for those who have like the, the summa cum laude, they had a, a certain rope that they, they, will, they will give on them to wear on their neck. And then those who have magna cum laude, they have a yellow, yellow stripe or yellow rope on their, on their rope. And then those with, I think, a cum laude, they had something like a white. So there were different colors. So when you were graduating and uh, you look at your friends with those ropes on their neck, even though you were in the same class, you all graduated, but... There is, you feel like they, 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 they graduated better than you. There is some kind, of, you, you know, some kind of feeling that you get, knowing that you didn't get the highest acknowledgement in this graduation. And there's, there's some people who are going to go to heaven and feel like that. Like I, even though I'm in this heaven, I just got it because Jesus died for me, not because I did anything. And I don't want to be anyone, I don't want to be one of those who is going to get to heaven and regret that I wish I did more for the Lord to be celebrated, to be acknowledged before the Lord. And so I want you to pay attention today because God is expecting to reward us when we get to heaven. So there are five crowns, five kinds of crowns that God will give to us, to believers, found in scriptures when they get to heaven. Number one, the first kind of crown that will be given to believers is what they call the incorruptible crown. The incorruptible crown. In First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 and 25, it says, Know ye not 
that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. This is also called the imperishable crown. This crown is given to believers who faithfully run the race, who crucify every selfish desire in the flesh and point men to Jesus Christ. So those who faithfully run the race, like for example, somebody has been born again for five years and they have been consistent, never gone back to the world, never returned back to their former life, never backslided, never, you know, re- look back. They kept going regardless of the difficulties. They were persistent and consistent. If such a person dies, they get this incorruptible crown. God calls some people to do things that will require some sacrifices in the way they will live and conduct their lives. Some people may be called to be a missionary in a far country. And that means they are going to deprive themselves of some way of life. You can imagine an American missionary to a village in Africa. He goes to that village, there is no electricity, no light, no hot water, no internet. I mean, the basic things that every American, every American will enjoy, he will have to deprive himself of these basic necessities in order to be a missionary in this country. Now, this verse implies that these people will receive this crown for their sacrifices that they were willing to make in order to successfully complete the mission God called them here to do on earth. So basically, whatever God has called you to do or to fulfill for Him, you have to be diligent and be faithful to make sure that you stay consistent, you stay connected, you stay dedicated. And the Bible says that you will receive an incorruptible crown. So for that Christian who is righteous in January and then in February you, are, you fall in sin and then in March you repent and then in April you repent again, you come back. In June you go back. You are missing a crown. You can't get this crown because you are not consistent. See, so those who run, who are temperate, they are able to control their desires. They are able to control their emotions, their feelings their temptations, they are able to master their, you know, their cravings. It says they will receive an incorruptible crown. The second crown that we are going to receive, or believers will receive when they get to heaven, is the crown of rejoicing. The crown of rejoicing. In First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19, it says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? And not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. Now those who faithfully, who faithfully are witnesses to the saving grace of God and lead souls to Jesus Christ. This crown has also been named the soul winner's crown. It seems to indicate here that God will give this crown to those who have been witnessing to others and leading people to Christ. Telling people about the grace of God, telling others about Jesus is the greatest thing you can do for someone while they are still alive here on the earth. 
when you help someone to be connected to Jesus Christ, you have just made yourself a vessel of honor in the hands of God. Now, God will judge us by our willingness and desire to be used by him to witness to others. Not necessarily how many souls we actually win because we are supposed to plant the seeds and water it, but it's God that gives the increase. We cannot guarantee that every time we preach to somebody, they have to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. But that desire, that effort of evangelizing, of witnessing, of telling people about Jesus Christ is going to lead us to get the crown of rejoicing. There are Christians who may be too busy or not willing to be used by God to lead others to the Lord Jesus Christ. God will give us opportunities through our jobs, through our relationships, so we can tell people about Jesus. But some people are not willing. We don't even tell, talk about Jesus Christ in our, to our family members, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our colleagues. We basically just leave. And the only thing that makes us Christians is that we go to church on Sunday. We have to become more intentional about telling our friends, our relatives about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we do so, when we get to heaven, we will receive the crown of rejoicing, or the soul winner's crown. The third crown that we see that believers are going to get if they do the work is the crown of life. In James chapter 1 verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord had promised to them that love him. To them that love him. For those believers who endure trials, tribulations, and severe sufferings, even unto death, like we see in Revelation chapter 2, verse 8 to 11, this crown is also referred to as the martyr's crown, or the crown of those who are killed for their faith. You know, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we will not bow, even if we means for us to die. Those are people that qualify to receive that crown. Jesus says he will give this crown to those who undergo severe hardship, testing, tribulations, and even physical death on his behalf. Now, probably being willing to die for your faith in God will be the ultimate sacrifice. It is the greatest act of courage and love that you can show to God. So it doesn't actually mean that you have to die, but you can find yourself in a position where you may likely die, even if you don't die. That may qualify you to get this crown. Christians who were killed for their faith throughout history will receive this, this crown when they get to heaven, when, if, they're, if they're in heaven. God the Father will honor everyone for their trials and tribulations and will give them this crown in revelation chapter 2 verse 10 it says do not fear any of these any of those things which you are about to suffer remember this is what he said to one of the churches indeed the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that he may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days but be faithful until death and i will give you the crown of life you see that again. And I'll give you the crown of life. If you're faithful till death, I'll give you the crown of life. So we see that our sufferings 
our difficulties that we experience because we live in a generation where we have been told anytime we are suffering, anytime we are in difficulties, we think that always of the devil because God has not called us to suffer. But like we, we, we saw during our fast that God tells his church, he said, do not fear what you are about to suffer. The question is, why does God not remove them from the suffering? But he tells them, do not fear that you are about to suffer. And so not every hardship that we experience is of the devil. There are people that regardless of their fastings, their prayers, their sacrifices, they are still going to experience some difficulties. There are some people that will serve God, will be so faithful, and they will die without being married. Some will die without children. Some will die without certain desires accomplished. And they will suffer for God. When they get to heaven, they will receive this crown of life. They persevered, they suffered for their feet. They could have gone out into the world and find themselves maybe a, an unbelieving husband or go sleep with somebody and get pregnant. But they said, no, if God doesn't give me a child, I'd rather not have a child. If God doesn't give me a husband, I'd rather not have a husband. And they will suffer like that in their faith till they die. God will give them a crown of rejoicing. There are many things that we suffer because we are Christians. There are some times that you see your friends cheating. They are cheating to get jobs. They are cheating to get money. They are cheating to get prosperity. They are cheating to get things. But you say, no, I can't do that because I'm a believer. And it seems some, sometimes like you're stupid. You know, your friends are doing this thing and they are getting money. They are prospering. They are, they are, your friends are all, they've all left you. And you're here doing church. This is what people will say in the world. But the Lord is telling us that if we suffer for him, we will also reign with him. That's what he says in Romans. If we suffer with him, we will also reign with him. So there is a crown. There is a crown of life that is promised for all those who will suffer because of their faith. There are Christians who have been persecuted, insulted, rejected, abandoned. Because of their faith. All those difficulties are not in vain. Like I said, that's why you realize that we will get to heaven. And you realize in heaven that we are not in the same category. We are not in the same rank. Even though we are in the same church. We fellowship in the same place. We were friends. But you realize that when those crowns will be given out. You realize that we, are not, we don't have the same rank. Even though we are in heaven. Number four. Is the crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8, it says, Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Now, to those who love the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, who are anxious and wait and look forward to the day when he will return for his sins, this crown is given to those who, who live a good and righteous life for God while live, living down here on the earth. So those who are living, not just, not just those who are saying, oh, when, when is the Lord coming? When is the Lord coming? That's not, that's not what he's saying. It means, it's just like, for example, when you are about, let's say, to get married. You're getting married tomorrow. Today you take them to go do your hair. You do your pedicure, your manicure. You do your makeup. You, you make sure everything is ready for the wedding. 
So Christians who are waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the groom, they also prepare like that. They make sure they are always right with God. They are prayerful. They are doing things that God wants them to do. They are striving hard to stay right with God. They are longing for His appearing so that when the Lord appears, they will not be disappointed. They say, these people are going to receive a crown of righteousness. Meaning that they, they, they were always striving to be right with God. Because there are Christians who will tell you, ah, Jesus is not coming now. You know, let me enjoy my life. He's not coming now. Since they started saying that he's coming 2,000 years ago, he's coming, he's coming. Has he come? So don't worry about that thing. Don't forget this thing these church people are telling you. He's not coming. And so because of that, they start living waywardly. They start living carelessly. But those who continue to anticipate, you know, his coming, those who continue to strive and wait and live and expect his coming, and not just expecting, but living like those who are expecting. The Bible says they are going to receive the crown of life. So if you are expecting and living in that expectation, there is a crown awaiting for you in heaven. And when we talk about righteousness, we know I've, I've said before there are two kinds of righteousness. There is imputed righteousness. So when we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him into our hearts as our personal Lord and Savior, a righteousness is imputed into us. We become righteous because we have received Christ, because Christ is a righteous one. Because basically, when we give, when we accept Jesus Christ into our life, like the Apostle Paul says, the life that I live is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me, who died for me and gave his life for me. So the life that I have is not my life, it's the life of Christ. But it doesn't end there. You have been given that righteousness so that you can show righteousness, so you can act righteous, you can live righteous. It's like if a woman gets pregnant and goes to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, you're two weeks pregnant. We expect that after a certain time, there should be an evidence of that pregnancy. But if you say you're pregnant and seven months later, there is no sign on your stomach. You look the same. Nothing. People are going to be concerned. There are Christians who say, I'm righteous, but there is nothing in their conduct, in their character, in the way they talk, in the way they act, in the way they behave to show that they're righteous. So the first kind of righteousness is imputed righteousness, what Christ has given to you. The second kind of righteousness is imparted righteousness, what you manifest as a result of the righteousness that Christ has given to you. This is why if you are truly born again, if you are truly righteous, if you, truly, if you have truly received the righteousness of Christ in you, you cannot dwell in sin because you don't have the sin nature. You have the life of Christ in you. But if you continue to live in sin and continue to do the same things you were doing before you said that you were born again, then truly you have not received the life of Christ. That's what Apostle Paul says. He that is born of God does not sin. It means that you come to the place where now you are living out the life of God. And the Bible says those who consistently live like this, expecting the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, are going to receive the crown of righteousness. I'm hoping that me and you on that day, when we get to heaven, we will receive that crown in the name of Jesus. And the last crown that is mentioned in the scriptures is the crown 
of glory. The crown of glory. In First Peter chapter First Peter chapter five verse one it says, The elders which are among you I exalt, whom am also an elder, as a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Verse two Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight therefore, not for constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, verse 3, neither as being lord over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock, verse 4, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive the crown of glory that faded not away. Ye shall receive the crown of glory that faded not away. This is called the pastor's crown and will be given to ministers who faithfully feed the flock of God. This could probably include preachers, teachers, Sunday school teachers, missionaries, and all those who teach the word of God in their respective ministries. Those who teach discipleship classes, foundation classes, who help other believers to know the truth. This crown may signify the importance and the sacrifices of bringing others into the ways of God. God wants those who are saved to grow and learn much as they can about Him, His Son, and the Holy Spirit. But it takes people to teach them His ways, to teach them all these things. So God can use you to teach and to shepherd others. God shows you the extreme importance that He is placing on those who teach and preach the word of God. Now when I read some of these verses like this, is very consoling. Because sometimes as a pastor, you feel deprived. You feel unappreciated. You feel you're walking for free. You're walking in vain. But when you hear that there is a crown in heaven that is given to those who labor to teach the word of God, now sometimes we go through scriptures, we go through research, we spend time in the night reading through the scriptures, looking for what we would teach God's people. And sometimes when you teach people like, huh, it's his job. You know, like almost like you're hired by the government to teach the church. And then some pastors, because of this, now become, you know, like, listen, I'm not going to kill myself. They come every Bible studies and just tell stories and then or joke around. But those who labor, to feed the flock, to make sure the church is fed and kept in sound doctrine, they are going to receive the crown of life. Even you, a believer who is helping another believer know the law, discipling them, telling them that, hey, brother, sister, mama, this thing you are doing is not right. This thing you said, this behavior is not correct. This is what the Bible says. That aspect of helping others grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ will bring you to get this crown of glory or the pastor's crown. God can use you to teach and shepherd others. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, it says, The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him, who lives forever and ever. 
and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. These elders placed their crowns at the feet of Jesus. And if all of us want more like these elders, we have to labor. As you can see, each crown is given to those who do a good work on behalf of Jesus Christ. And it appears that we will want to place whatever crown we have at Jesus' feet. Just like when somebody goes for Olympic Games in whatever country, and maybe they win the 100 meters, the 400 meters, the gymnastics, whatever category that they compete in and they win. When they return to the United States, they invite them to the White House. Even though the crown was given to them, the medal was given to them, they always hand it to the president. Some of us are going, after we receive our crown, we'll go back and say, Lord Jesus, only you deserve this. Thank you for how you sustained me in the days of my difficulties. Thank you for how you helped me to pastor the church. Thank you for how you helped me to live in righteousness. And you bow down before him and just put that crown before his feet in worship. Now the question I ask you this evening, are you going to get a crown? The way you are living, the way you're acting, the way you're conducting yourself, your devotion to the Lord, are you committed to the level where you can get a crown? If today was the end of your life, will you get a crown? I don't just want to get to heaven. I want to be celebrated when I get into heaven. When I read the account of, of Stephen, when Stephen was being stoned to death, the Bible says he looked up and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Every other passage in the scripture says Jesus is sitting. But when Philip was entering heaven, Jesus stood to welcome a hero. I don't know how your entrance into heaven is going to be. But I wonder when I enter heaven, there are crowns waiting for me. So I'm praying this evening as you hear this word, you begin to live like someone who desires to be rewarded by the Lord Jesus Christ. I want him to hear, I want him to say on that day to you and to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into my glory. May God grant us the grace to live as people who desire and will get a crown. In Jesus' name. Father, we celebrate you for your mercy. We celebrate you for your grace and your kindness. We ask ancients of days that as we have received this word today, you will help us to live as those who are expecting the reward from you. The reward that only you can give. Take all the glory. Take all the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen.